Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm Joe Niehoff. I am joined by our long-lost friend, John Merrick, tonight. How are you, John? Doing good. Good to be back. I'm glad you're back. We've missed you. Missed you so much. You almost seem like a guest now that you've been gone so long. <laughs> yeah, but now we get to cut Bobby out of the conversation, so now we can actually talk. And it, it, This will be hopefully somewhat of a useful discussion for people that want to actually listen to DraftKings and play DraftKings and do the different stuff on DFS. So hopefully you're going to get some real solid advice, and it's not going to take an hour to get it. At least that's our objective tonight. So before we dive into this upcoming week, let's talk a little bit about last week. And I will say this was a uh, overall good week for the experts because we only had one person beat us, and that was Answerbook. Um, Answerbook, 157.4 points. Uh, overall good squad. Uh, he went with the Tom Brady stack. Um, actually double stacked it as well. But anyway, overall good team. Uh, and uh, in second place was Bobby, of course. Bobby with 154 points. So there was no other winners that got their name put into the pot for the whiskey this year, uh, at least not this week. So congratulations to Answerbook. Um, and uh, he's been up there quite a bit. Um, so good job up there, big guy. Uh, now, going into this upcoming week, um, I don't know, John, if you've uh, made too many teams just yet or gotten into it much. Um, I've made it a team, and I think I'm going to tweak it a good bit. But to get started uh, for yourself, is there any stacks you want to start talking about right out the gates, or you want me to start with mine? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple interesting stacks for this week. I think one that I'll make a few um teams around is probably Daniel Jones stack with Tony coming back. I mean, we look at, they're playing against Vegas. Vegas has a lot that has been going on. So I don't know that the team will be fully into the game. So I think it could be really good Jones games. He's 5,600. Then Tony to stack with him is 5,200. Yep. And then I think you could uh, maybe look at, Look at someone else. Um, I don't know what. Ingram's a cheap tight end. Kyle Rudolph. I don't know that he has a ton of value or a ton of upside for the millionaire, but I think um, Tony has a good amount of upside and Jones has a lot of upside with his running potential. And at 5,600, I think that gives you – might just be a single stack with this game, but gives you – kind of a lot of other money to play with and to target some of the bigger name guys. So I think him and then maybe you have Brian Edwards or Renfro coming back, but I could see this just being kind of a solo stack and not uh, bringing anyone back from Vegas too. 
Yeah, I think the Vegas part is interesting, at least for this week. You know, after the accident with Ruggs, I think that there's a lot of question mark as to, one, how the team handles it. I mean, it's not like you can just a, – a guy that just leaves your team, that, that's going to have an effect somewhere, right? So that's a good point. Um, it depends on how the game flow goes, too. I actually, uh, as a player that I like this week, not like I'm not like obsessed with him or think he's a good – like a great pick or anything like that. Um, but one guy that I didn't mind, if you're thinking about coming, actually Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, he's not been great as far as yardage goes, but he still is averaging 15 points. Um, and he's going against the Giants defense. It's just not very good. So I think if you come back with somebody, he's probably the guy I'm targeting. Uh, and he's not overly expensive for a running back uh, as far as your comeback goes in that stack. Uh, a stack that I like, uh, and honestly, I think it's maybe partly because I'm just pissed at the Vikings after how poorly they played last Sunday. Uh, but a stack that I like is actually uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, um, starting with him and stacking with one of his – really, there's three guys I'd stack with, uh, or not like all in one team, but like three guys, some combination of these three guys I think could actually be a decent uh, a decent all-around stack. So the three that I'm talking about are Bateman – Marquise Brown and uh, Andrews. Um, now, part of the reason why I like it is number one, the Vikings just lost their number one pass rusher, so he's going to be out uh, for the rest of the season, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's going to have an, a, you know, a, an effect on that defense overall. We're still out with just two cornerbacks, really, that are you know outside of uh, at least two main cornerbacks, and then you got the slot and Alexander that's there. Uh, but I think overall the this is, you know, the Vikings defense losing the biggest um, pressure producer on their defensive line uh, could be difficult. And then one place or one area the Vikings have struggled a good bit um, is stopping teams from running the football. Uh, and one thing Baltimore loves to do is run it. And not only that, but they love to run it with their quarterback. So I think you could have a, see a pretty good game here out of Lamar Jackson. Um and that's just something that as far as, you know, why I like that stack, uh, I like that there. Now, on the comeback side, you know, it's, you could really go a lot of directions. Minnesota's offense is not terrible, although they didn't play very well against Dallas last week. Um, so you could go with a lot of different options. I mean, you could go with a Thielen or a, or a Jefferson. You could go with a Cook. Uh, it just depends on how you make your team and what you prefer. My, my preference would be Cook defensively. Um, Baltimore's not as good against the run as they are against the pass. So statistically, I guess they're better against the pass, like 10th uh, is what I'm seeing in, um, on DraftKings against wide receivers. They do give up a pretty good amount of yards, um, but just fantasy sports-wise, uh, how they play or, or rank against wide receivers is a little bit better, even though they give up like almost 100 yards a game passing. So I think depending on how game flow goes here, um, coming back with, you know, a Jefferson um, or a Thielen could make a lot of sense. If you think the Vikings lead the game, then Cook is a good option. But even with Cook, you're, you're still going to get a minimum amount of points or you feel like your kind of floor is pretty good with Cook. So uh, that's a stack that I like. Any comments there, John? Yeah, I almost <clears> – <throat> I like Lamar almost as just kind of a, a naked cornerback this week because I <clears> – <throat> Yeah, thinking through just what the game flow of this game will be this week, 
I I have a harder time seeing Lamar and kind of two receivers kind of blow up. Um, but I could see Lamar easily running for over 100 yards against the Vikings defense. I think if someone goes off, I could see it being um, Brown. So I think if I was going to stack someone with him, it would probably be Brown just because the Vikings have trouble um, against speed uh, on the outside. Well, I'd, I'd specifically look for whoever's lining up against Breland. And I know it's not impossible <clears throat> to do that. but that's Yeah, and that's, that's probably going to be Brown. But yeah. I, I would think the, the game flow I would expect more is that Baltimore gets – the thing I would worry about is Baltimore gets into a big league and then they just run the ball and drag things out, which yeah. could limit the upside for Cook. Um, and then maybe that makes it more of a Jefferson game. Yeah. If they're looking to catch up. And I feel like that's that's a possibility, which is why I think it's important in this game to have a comeback player because here's the reality. The Vikings could go out and give up 30 points, and I don't see that being impossible against Baltimore's pretty good offense. Um, but they rarely are out of the ballgame. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're always clo- – they, this year specifically, they've been close in literally every game. Like their losses are all by less than like five points. Right, yeah, so they're, and they're in the game, which tells me that if that's the case, you know, they're, they're, it could be kind of back and forth there at the end of the game if the Vikings are within striking distance, at least, of this game. Yeah, and Baltimore um, Baltimore has, you know, injuries at cornerback, so I think that, that could help the Viking wide receiver. It'd almost be interesting to see if you can make a team where it's – you run Lamar naked and then you have like Jefferson and Thielen or Jefferson and KJ Osborne coming back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And if you do that, you're picking this game as the one that you see being the, the, the high score of the week. Right. You know, I, I say that a good bit is if you can find a game that's going to score 50 points or 60 points in that one game, even if you don't get the right guy, so to speak, if you're not picking the, you know, the one guy that may score 30 points, you're still getting points from that game because there's those other guys are still going to get opportunities. So uh, this could be a game to target as far as just a, a game that could be a higher scoring, uh, you know, kind of contest, but we could be wrong. I mean, last week we thought um, some of the other games, like I thought Carolina Atlanta would be a decently high scoring game, which is probably a mistake, but I looked at, you know, what they had been doing lately and long story short, it wasn't, but uh, you never know. Yeah, and I think looking at the matchups, there, you know, a lot of of the better teams have favorable matchups, like Buffalo and Jacksonville, where Buffalo might just get up big and might limit some of the upside yep. for the top ceiling. Yep. Um, so then, you know, it's interesting to then kind of look to Miami-Houston, where, you know, maybe stacking two with someone where, uh, Miami doesn't have the best defense, so maybe Houston can kind of stay with them a little bit, and then Miami can rack up more games. And it has a lower un- over under on Vegas, but that's a game that can maybe um, exceed expectations where Buffalo could just kind of get ahead and blow out Jacksonville, and maybe you get some garbage time value. But yep, yep, very good. All right. Well, speaking of Tua and other quarterbacks, do you have any uh, you know jumping into the position by position here any quarterbacks you like that we haven't already mentioned yeah I, I think an interesting one again is hurts just the upside for running yeah um 
they're playing a better defense than the Chargers, but the Chargers have also struggled lately. So I don't know that um, maybe maybe you shy away from that more earlier. He's 6,700, so that's not that expensive. Um, and then I think if I'm looking for kind of a, a lower cost, um, I might kind of trend toward Tua. Okay. Like or maybe, maybe even, you know, Jordan Love is interesting too. I, literally, he was one I was going to me- just mention. Not necessarily – it's tough. Like, you, if you're making a team specifically, like, one team for the millionaire and that's it, I don't take that risk. But if I'm making a couple of teams and I just want to see – you know, that might be a fun one to try to create because he's super cheap as well. Um, so, one of the guys uh, quarterback-wise that, that I like – and I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise. Uh, he's had a – a very good season and more specifically he's come on really well late is Joe Burrow. Um, now they're playing Cleveland this week. And for those of you that don't, you know, pay too close attention to them, Cleveland's defense is, is very good. Okay. They're not a bad defense. Um, they do, however, have the ability to get beat more specifically by good offenses. So let me give an example. They played Pittsburgh last week and lost 10 to 15. Okay. So that's, that's the lower end scoring. You don't really want – if you're going to take, you know, a, a guy like Burrow, you don't want that, right? The week before that, they lost 14 to 37. So 37 points, that was to Arizona. The week before that, they lost 42 to 47. Again, that's against the Chargers. Um, and then they played Minnesota 14-7, Chicago 26-6. to uh, And Kansas City scored 33 points against them. So – what I'm trying to say here is they they have a tendency to give up a, some big scores, um, and, and I think an offense like Cincinnati in Cincinnati, this would be one of those that I, I think they could do well. And I think Burrow, because Cleveland's team is uh, you know pretty good, especially against with their defensive ends, um, you could get some lower ownership on a guy that that could could go off and do pretty well. Uh, more specifically, last like four, five games. Last five games, he hasn't been under twenty points. So, pretty solid guy there that that you're not going to be too disappointed in. And if we're looking at a three times, is what you want. He's sixty eight hundred. Um, so it's you know round up. If you get around twenty one points or so, you're you're making out really good with him. So, um, I think that's just a, again a guy that I I definitely am looking at and targeting as well. Running backs, got anybody like John? Yeah, I think this is probably a week that where I have Kamara on a couple teams. Okay. Just, I mean, they're going against Atlanta. I think he'll have a lot of upside. I think if I'm looking at the teams where, you know, if I'm going the Daniel Jones um, to a route and have that cheap quarterback, I think this is a week where I have Kamara. I think he'll have, um, he's he's at a decent price at 8,200 and he still has that, you know, 40 50 point ceiling yeah of what he could potentially get in that offense i think with um having the backup quarterback i think and going against a bad run defense i think they're going to turn funnel the funnel the defense through them um and then kind of on the other side of that i also like patterson for atlanta yeah just to have kind of continuity in that game i know it's saying some better defense but i think with Ridley out, Patterson's just Patterson and Pitts are just clearly the best offensive weapons on uh, the Falcons. So yep. 
I think if you see kind of Kamara kind of running it up, you're going to see, I think the, the more Atlanta is down, the more Patterson gets in the game in the backfield to give them that um, kind of change of pace, game-breaking ability that he has. Yeah, I like, yep. I so I kind of like having that pairing um, of seeing that maybe being a more high-scoring game than people would expect. And then if Atlanta's playing from behind, involving Patterson a lot more. Yeah. Two, uh, again, solid options there. Uh, one guy I'm going to mention here as well is uh, uh, Austin Eckler. He's somebody I like. Playing against Philly, um, Philly gives up 123 yards on the ground per game, 27th in fantasy against running backs. Um, the biggest thing about Eckler, again, if you're looking at just you're trying to create a team here and he's about 8,000, 7,900. So you really got to get about 24 points out of him, And he's scored 24, 33, 32 and a half, 22, 22, 11 and nine. So he's had really solid weeks across the board, all getting up to that 20 or 24 range, but really his floor because he catches and gets so many targets is what I'm most attracted. If I'm going to spend that kind of money on a guy, I mean, you mentioned Kamara, uh, Kamara is the most expensive running back in the in the slate this week um, and could absolutely have a huge day. Um, but that's part of the reason why I like, you know, Eckler where he's at. Again, he's not cheap. I mean, he's a, really the second most active or second most expensive active guy. Um, but somebody that I have definitely targeted. And he's in a later game, which is always sometimes nice to have. Another guy that I'm going to mention that I think should be on a lot of teams um, is Aaron Jones. So, we mentioned it earlier. Rodgers is out. This is going to be more of an Aaron Jones game versus obviously an Aaron Rodgers game. Um, and where he's averaging right now, like 15 or so carries a game, I could see him getting a lot more than that this week and getting a ton of dump offs from Jordan Love. Um, and on that note, like AJ Dillon might also be a sneaky play. Right. So he might also be somebody that would be a, a decent option because um, his price is 46, uh, you know, and he had 16 or so carries last week. You know, he gets his touchdown in there. That's a pretty good, pretty good deal on him. So those are some guys just to, again, to pay attention to wide receivers. Anybody you like there, John? Sorry, I just lost my list. No, that's fine. I'll jump into uh, – we've already mentioned Minnesota's wideouts a little bit here. I think if they play from behind, definitely not a bad option. Um, I, I won't go too much into that just because we've already kind of talked about them. Uh, one guy that I think this could be a big week for him is Braden Cooks – or Brandon Cooks. Sorry, I keep calling him Braden because his, his I-N at the end of his name always confuses me. Uh, anyway, uh, I do think this could be a decent week for him. Um, there's a chance that – Oh, my God. Ty, uh, Taylor comes back this week, if I'm not mistaken, um, which I think would be a boost to him. Um, and I think this could be kind of like you said earlier, kind of a back and forth type of ball game. So could definitely be some big scores or big scoring there um, and somebody to pay attention to, somebody that I like. Um, the other guy I like is in that same game I was mentioning earlier. Uh, this week, it's, uh, and uh, when I say mentioning, it's the Cincinnati-Cleveland game. Um, that uh, I haven't talked about. So I do like the Baltimore wide receivers. Uh, more specifically, I like uh, both Bateman and um, 
uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, but I like T. Higgins. He had 15 targets not last week, but the week before. Um, six this last week, but with 97 yards receiving. I, I just think that he has that potential. It's just waiting for a breakout. You know, if he catches a touchdown pass, you're looking at a 17 to 20 point week. He's 5,300, so pretty decent price. Um, but there's a couple guys I kind of targeted. Who do you got? Yeah, I think a game that's kind of an interesting stack for wide receiver is Miami Houston of kind of pairing Devontae Parker and then Brandon Cooks on the other side. Yep. Because they're both, you know, Parker's 5,300 and then Cooks is 6,100. So both, you know, well out of the upper end of wide receivers, but I think they both had, they both showed the potential where they can get kind of the 20 to 30 output range. Yep. Which is a good return for them. And I think that's probably a game that maybe not a lot of people are targeting just because there's not, you know, big names. It's a low, expected to be more low scoring game. But I think those are two guys, even on bad teams, that could get high volume. Um, I think kind of on the high end for wide receiver, I think it could be an interesting week to have Debo in. Okay. Um, just because I, I think San Francisco is going to have a hard time stopping Murray um, as long as he's kind of healthy and can play 100%. Yep. And on a cheaper side, just because you just mentioned him, um, Brendan Ayuk actually led wide receivers last week in snaps in San Francisco. So he's getting more involved and if he continues that trend, I think he's like 4,100. So he could be a guy, again, if you're looking – because every team's going to have to have a guy that's you know under that kind of $4,200 range, $4,500 range, in order to really make the team what you want. That could be a guy that – you know, imagine Arizona probably winning that game and leading it for the most part. Uh, they're going to be throwing the ball even if it's if, – even if he gets six or seven catches, you know, he's going to get you the points you need. Yeah, I think it's just ha- – have you been burned? How many times have you been burned by him in the past? hundred percent. <laughs> How hard is it to keep getting burned? Right. And you know, that's a rip. Yeah. I think other, it. other cheap guys are interesting as rent. I think Renfro's interesting. Um, yeah. He's, he's 4,800. He's had a lot of high volume in the past. And then with rugs, not on the team, you know, they have Brian Edwards, but he really hasn't been as involved as they kind of hyped him up to be. Yep. And Renfro's really been the guy who Carr has looked for. Yep. And I've mentioned Renfro in the past, but the biggest reason why I personally have liked Renfro all season, I mean, his he's got like double-digit points every week for a guy that isn't necessarily exciting to talk about. Um, but he it, he's had one week where he's had under six targets. Yeah. You know, so he's getting six, seven, and he only had one week at six. We so had eight, five, eight, eight, six, seven, nine. So I mean, the guy's involved. He's on the field a lot. You know, I I do like that. That's a good call there, John. Yeah, I think one other cheap guy, Cook, is if Judy plays. I think that's an interesting. Yeah, because um, this will be his second he's... healthy week, right? Because last week he technically was there but didn't really play. Yeah, and he's at five thousand. So I think at that price, um, if if Prescott plays, Von Miller's out now, so that could be a more high scoring game at least on Dallas, and mm-hmm. Denver could be throwing the ball more. So I think that's and even with um, Diggs at cornerback, he still he has a lot of interceptions, but he still gives up a lot of big plays. So I don't think that would stop me from playing him and 
I'd say a good price for the week. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, in the tight ends, then uh, I'll start real quick. It's interesting because we've mentioned this game a lot, and I think it's just because the defenses are so bad, not because the offenses are so good. Um, but the first guy that jumps out at me is uh, Jaseki for Miami. Uh, Houston is historically bad against tight ends. Not only that, but Tua, for the most part, likes his tight ends. I mean, it's not something that he doesn't throw the ball to Jaseki, so you got to worry about it. So I do like him. Um, he's 4900 That's a decent price. Um, same reason why you liked Renfro is a reason why I like Darren Waller. I mean, the, the targets that were going to rugs got to go somewhere. Um, and, and I see this uh, again, a decent opportunity for them to go to a guy like, uh, the, uh, Darren Waller and, and the giants don't have the best linebacker core. If you're trying to set a lineup backer against Darren Waller, I think that's going to be a heyday for Darren. Um, on the cheap end, I'm always looking for cheap guys. My favorite thing to do is stack a tight end with a quarterback. Um, so if I'm looking at uh, Burrow as a potential stack, Uzuma has been great, but he's like boomer bust, right? So, you know, he's 3,900, so you really need about 9 to 10 points out of him, 12 to be perfect. Uh, um, but I think you can get that from him this week. Uh, so he's somebody on a cheaper side, about 3,900. That uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. And another guy is Evan Ingram. He got a touchdown last week. He's involved in the offense. Uh, those wide receivers are kind of questionable there. Uh, and you mentioned how you liked um, uh, Jones as a as a quarterback this week as well. So there's a couple guys that I kind of had targeted. Anybody you liked that I didn't mention? Yeah, I like Goddard this week, just 4,500. So he's not – not too expensive, and he's been more involved since Ertz has been traded. I think he has double-digit points every Two week since though. Ertz has been gone. Yep. And then the other kind of sneaky play I like is the uh, Denver backup tight end. Ooh, Albert. yeah. How do you say he, his name? The, the, I don't know, but he was – I remember he in, Yeah, he was in Missouri. Uh, that's where he played college ball at, and he was supposed to be really good coming out of Missouri, and then he went into that – you know, got behind Fant and never really touched the field. Yeah, so I mean, you know, last week he had 34 yards on three targets, so he was involved with Fant in the game. Um, and I think he could, you know, at 2,600, I think if if you want to target some of the higher-end guys in this week, like you want to have Kamara on your team, yep. I mean, you're looking for him to get 10 points, really. Yeah, no, if he can get you no. 10 points, which I think he can easily do, then it's not a bad play. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like it. Well, very good. Uh, that kind of gives – hopefully everybody got a good a good idea on what to maybe look for um, this week uh, in di- different positions and some guys to potentially target. Uh, let's just jump real quick over to the uh, last year's millionaire team. Um, and talk a little bit about that. Uh, so let me pull that up real quick. All righty. Millionaire team this year was Pyrez. Uh, congratulations to this guy. Won a million bucks. 226.24 points. Um, so again, on that lower side, uh, when I first saw this team, the first thing that jumped out at me was his quarterback was Wentz. Out of all the guys to pick, that's who we went with, and it worked. Uh, but it, And it wasn't that he didn't have – and I'll go through his team in a second. He didn't have anybody that jumped off the page at me 
uh, until you got a little bit further down. So let me talk through that here as we go. So number one, Wentz was his quarterback. He backed that up with a stack. He did go with Pittman Jr. as a stack there. Pittman had a good week, as many of you that have him on uh, you know, regular leagues. Ten catches, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Nobody's complaining. Um, he had a comeback in that game. Uh, so, again, sticking to the, the formula that we always say, a stack or a double stack with a comeback typically is a formula for success. His comeback was A.J. Brown, also had a really good week. Then he filled that in with some, like, decent-priced running backs. So he had Eli uh, – is it Eli Mitchell? Uh, San Francisco's running back, and then Michael Carter for the Jets. Um, again, both of them were under 5,500 cheap running backs which allowed him to go get some more expensive wide receivers. So he, he got Cooper Cup, and he also got Chris Godwin. Um, so a little bit you know more expensive wide receivers there to kind of help build out his team. Uh, and then the only other the, – the last two pieces he had, number one was uh, Fryermuth for Pittsburgh. Um, didn't get a ton of points out of him, but obviously enough to get him up to the top. Uh, and then the Seattle Seahawks defense – um, who had a defensive touchdown, which always helps a total of 13 points. Who is, so, his, who is his flex? His flex was Godwin. And it's one of those things. His flex was Godwin, which was the afternoon game last week. And so was – who else was afternoon last week? I think that was the only one he had in the afternoon last week was Godwin and the Seahawks defense. So – you know, he didn't have a lot of flexibility at the end of the afternoon, like to, to make changes to the squad. But there was a lot of guys in Tampa that he could have kind of maneuvered between. You know, I could have seen he it's very possible that at one point maybe he had like Fournette there and then made the change, went to Godwin and made the defense change the Seahawks. So th- there could have been some moving parts there. But most of the time we see these teams that that have some maybe an afternoon game picked out where they have three or four players that they can kind of maneuver depending on how their uh, morning goes. Yeah, I think one interesting thing on the team that I think I've been seeing more for this year is that you don't need to have that running quarterback to win because mm-hmm. there's just been so many passing touchdowns this year that the non-running quarterbacks can kind of make up for that by having just kind of big production have you know, three, four passing touchdowns. Yep. And it just kind of offsets the upside that the kind of Hertz's and Lamar's have dominated kind of in the past. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And, you know, because even saying that, John, especially on DraftKings specifically, we're talking about trying to make a million, be the millionaire on this thing. Um, I've seen Burroughs been up there like twice. I think Burroughs been the top quarterback that's made the team at least two times. Um, you know, obviously we have Carson Wentz this week. He, I mean, he had a good week for him at his price. It was like 5,700, three passing touchdowns. He even threw two interceptions and still ended up with a decent enough week that it, it kind of helped out his his overall to get him to where he wanted to be. So, Yeah, um, and I think with especially with Henry out, like the top end running backs just haven't been producing. There hasn't been kind of huge production reliably from top running backs. So I think that's why – where there has been that reliability from the top end wide receivers like cup. Yep. So I think that's where kind of going forward, it makes a lot of sense to try and focus on, you know, bringing down your running back budget to try and boost up your wide receiver budget. And that's exactly what this team did. And it really comes down to when you find value in running backs, like 
Mitchell, I feel like last week was a good value. I, I had him on one of my teams. And the guy was only 5,400 playing against Chicago in a game that most people would expect them to kind of run away with. So, you know, that that's the example. <sighs> Michael Carter was a surprise to me. Um, yeah, and, I think you – know, I think I was expecting him to have a big game. It's just when was he going to hit? Because he's clearly the most talented running back in New York. Yeah, and and they just weren't they just weren't treating him like it. Right, and and two years from now, Michael Carter is going to be a great running back because they keep getting offensive linemen. Eventually, they'll figure out their quarterback, uh, and then he'll be the only guy. Like he'll understand hopefully the offense enough. They won't even question it. He'll be the guy, right? But like this year, you're right. You got to kind of. Is this the week? Is it not the week? Like, what's what's the team going to look like and how are they going to do? So, very good. Well, that's it for this week. Any other final comments, John? No. Great week without Bobby. Yeah, you know, we got through that pretty quickly, and I think a lot of ad- advice uh, has gone out. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. a good one. Um, but we'll see if uh, anybody we know can make a solid team and, and get a chance at winning some money on the millionaire this week. So, Thank you for your time, and uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.